0: What's up, y'all? I'm Deeg, here today on the Deeg podcast, thinking about why gamers are actually wrong about New World. Shocking, right? Everywhere you you look, you hear things like, the solo questing experience in this multiplayer, massive online RPG game is weak. We hear stories about players burning out by level 30 halfway through the grind after a week of playing. These players seem to be frustrated by a lack of things that they're used to by large AAA MMO games, such as strong identifiable NPCs and breadcrumb story progression and set-piece narrative moments, things that we all have been programmed to know and love that don't seem to be a new world. I'm here to tell you today that they are missing the fucking point. And to explain how, I need to do my favorite thing and invoke the power of metaphor. Imagine you, a sophisticated consumer of culinary delights, have been invited to a restaurant by a friend visiting from out of town. They've chosen the place you're simply arriving. Now, you know what you like. You've eaten a lot of food in your lifetime after all. Been to a number of restaurants. Let's say you have a sophisticated gamer appetite and you love chicken tenders. Who doesn't love a good tendy? Let's be honest. And you arrive at this restaurant. Let's say it's a steak restaurant. You sit down at the steak restaurant. Your friend makes their order, and you consider, how should I decide how to approach this experience? How should I engage with this steak restaurant experience? Well, I'll tell you a little bit about me, okay? When I was younger, approaching a steak restaurant experience, uh, an Italian restaurant experience, a Chinese restaurant experience, whatever it is, The first question I'd ask myself is, is there something here that I'm comfortable with? Something here I'm familiar with? And chicken tenders is the ultimate comfort thing in the United States here. I don't know why, but it seems to be the de facto food choice for children who become adults and don't change their food choices along the way. And as much as I'm making fun of them, I love them too, right? It's hard to knock a good chicken tender. But at the same time, people understand that ordering chicken tenders at a steak restaurant is somehow a miss. Why is that? Well, it's because you're not at a chicken tender restaurant, you're at a steak restaurant. And whether you chose the place or, or not, you chose to arrive, and you have the choice of how to engage when you do arrive. So, what I've learned over the years after eating many chicken tenders is when I approach a restaurant like the beautiful one pictured here, not to ask myself, what am I comfortable with, but to ask rather, what is this experience designed to do? What, How can I get the best out of what's in front of me? I open myself to the possibility of something that I don't yet know and that I'm not yet comfortable with. I mean, I love steak, so. Steak is not a huge risk for me. In a sense, it's a safe metaphor for yours, truly. A more risky one would be like, perhaps, uh, oh, I don't even know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I suppose if I could, I'd be comfortable with it. But hopefully this metaphor makes sense. And hopefully my explaining that approaching a video game that is a steak restaurant and ordering tenders would create some negative, disappointing outcomes. How come this beautiful restaurant doesn't have the best tenders? I can get something better at a fast food place. Well, yeah, and if what you want is fast food, you probably should go to a fast food place. So, if New World is a steak restaurant, what's the steak? Well, it's Quidditch. I, I mean, it's war. I mean, <laughs> sorry. Let's back this up. I want to talk to you a little bit about fictional high schools. A fictional high school is a bit of a trope, of course, but it's among one of our favorites. And I can look see no better one than Hogwarts itself. In Hogwarts, you start at first year level one. When you get there, you don't really have any idea what you're getting into. You get to know your surroundings, you meet the people, and eventually you'll find a group after feeling your way out. Not only that, but you'll meet your enemy or enemies, which then puts you in a position to do what everyone does in fiction like this, and everyone fantasizes about and plays out in video games, which is to stand up for your friends. You see, none of this is about the place. It's about the people. And that's the contention I'm going to make here today. Fictional high schools reveal to us that classes and grades are things that happen, but they're not the point. And if you're like me in your 20 years past high school, you know this yourself. It's a trope because it's true. My grades then may have gotten me somewhere. They may have helped guarantee a short-term outcome. The classes may have had some value, but that's not what you remember. It's the human experiences. And as long as we're talking about Hogwarts, if you are a Harry Potter fan, one of the things that you probably know about yourself is what's your house. Are you a Gryffindor? Are you representing bravery, daring, nerve and chivalry? An emblem of the lion, colors of scarlet and gold? Once upon a time, I saw myself this way. I think a lot of us would like to see ourselves this way. Are you a Hufflepuff? Are you a hard worker, dedicated? Patient, loyal, and caring about fair play with the emblem of the badger, the hardworking badger, colors of yellow and black? Or all your are you a raven claw? Representing intelligence, knowledge, curiosity, creativity, and wit. Emblem of the eagle, colors blue and bronze. This is probably the best fit for yours, truly. Or are you a Slytherin? Do you represent ambition, leadership, self-preservation, cunning and resourcefulness with an emblem of the serpent, colors of green and silver? Pause for a moment and consider. What's your house? Pause this actually, literally pause it and ask yourself that question. I'll wait a moment. Okay, wedding's done. And if you've played the game that we're actually here to all talk about today, you will have inevitably chosen one of the three factions. Actually, mechanically, you can avoid this choice if you wish, but it will lock you out of most of the game's experiences. On the left are Marauders, representing action and directness. Their emblem is the hammer. Their color is green. Or the syndicate, the knowledgeable and cunning syndicate, the emblem of the eye and the color purple. Or are you an enlightened one, a member of the covenant representing insight and conviction with the emblem of the gauntlet and the color of gold? Fictional high schools and game worlds are places of meaning to project ourselves onto. They have a built-in audience for our victories, our defeats, our pride, and our shame. They are controlled by forces we cannot engage and do not understand. They are deeply interconnected with roads usually bending inward, back towards the thing itself. They reward who you know just as much as what you know. And they require us to grow, to keep up, to move very fast, just to stand still. Fictional high schools and game worlds are places of conflicts and big moments in harry potter we have quidditch and in new world we have war to get in positions tanks up front DPS yep. in mid healers in back uh healers, uh, healers, healers. are not on uh, siege, siege weapons right right no they are just constantly spamming aoe's only check this shit out man we got it this is nuts 10 seconds boys here we go guys check out my editing skills right here everyone's gearing up for fight. on our brooms for quidditch don't run up our sword and shield Start walking and pushing up to the point. Push up, push up, push up into healing circles. Weaken them, if you can. Weaken and get on to the point. Let's start pushing up. Oh and everybody put turns down and focus fire. They're locked. Look at the human gore. All the way back into their force. Left, left is breaking. We're pushing, pushing in on left. Down.
1: Okay, Snatching victory from the- in the middle. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. middle, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to push middle at the same time. Push left. We need to start healing on the point. You getting on a repeater. I'm We have I'm weakening floor. the group. Our you group groups just come He's around the right on side. We're pushing, yeah. pushing the- left we're pushing the- we Go get with everything chaos. will be your darkness. your grace and the night us. In your wicked ways. We are on the point. Get on the left side. We're on it. Yep, you're we on it. To stay on it, guys the the Let's go. They're yeah. dying, they're dying. We're, yeah. we're yeah. only everyone. taste victory. We're on it, we're on, <laughs> on it. we got it. <laughs> right. right. Get boys. Kill that guy. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, wait. Wait. <laughs> wait. Let's go, boys and go. girls. Holy crap! Oh, my God. You that just what happened. I'm fucking oh. talking about, yeah, boy. yeah. Let's Let's go, recorded. boys. I was just recording. Holy Yeah, dude. <laughs> Honey Nights Discord. Honey Nights Fathers. If you're playing New World by yourself, you may be doing it wrong. Trade, taxation, territory, all of it is completely people-driven. They are 100% social systems that you will never engage with if you're trying to find a set-piece quest. And if you choose to do so, If you take the time to see not the NPCs of Eternum, but the people that are there, you can find some beautiful human moments. I've picked out a few from my mere two weeks of being in the live game. Here are just a few that I'm gonna call out. (laughs) Actually, this guy is from the beta, Lord Soggy Baggins. Baggins, if you're out there, Shout out at me. We played on the beta realm together and you were my very first open world PVP encounter. Very first, I think. I found you cutting down wood somewhere in Windsward, I believe. You with your rapier and your musket and I with my great ax and I think hammer, I remember right, and we neither of us knew what we were doing, and we went back and forth. And I eventually turned the tables on you, and that started the tone of our of, of our of our beta time together, didn't it? At first, you had the upper hand, and then I had the upper hand, and we went back and forth a few times. I'll never forget standing in Windsward, hanging out with uh, one of my friends, having you cruise by on Prox's voice, yelling "Fuck you, Dig!" <laughs> Beautiful human moment. now let's talk about a few folks from my own server, New World, which is called Phlegathon. A few folks I've run into in my two weeks that I'm hoping to get to know better. First, someone named Monty Carlo. This person writes these breathless war reports in the in the Covenant in the Faction Chat before and after wars and invasions. It's really cool. It's surprisingly well-written and constructed. Uh, legendary guns, soldiers of the morning, take heed. Like, it's it's just, it gets you riled up. It feels like you're part of something bigger. They're contributing to it, and they're making something bigger, and you're a part of that. Uh, Chappie, uh, someone who believes he's the Pope of the Covenant. Okay, kind of an obvious thing to want to be, I suppose, and... You know they they make a go of it they really want to be the pope good for them you know god bless uh rizrak rizrak is someone i ran into when i was out in the world playing the game and he was this tank and he trained a whole bunch of mob mobs into me and i nearly got away with my life and he with his and he said hey i'm a tank i do no damage can you help me with this quest i was like all right fine fine why not they ended up questing together for a couple of hours and now, when we see each other in the world, we throw each other invites and say hello. It's a nice little human connection to have made. It's something that enriches the experience. It's something that becomes more the point of the experience over time. Flaked, ah, fucking flaked. I do not like you, flaked. Flaked, you have ganked me more times in the open world than anyone else in New World. You're a filthy green fucking marauder, and I cannot wait to get to level sixteen and steamroll you. But you usually have friends, so we'll see how it goes. This random guy from the Trader's Guild. I'm sorry, I don't remember your name, but you were barking in covenant chat, offering armor and weapons to those who supported the covenant in war. To those fighting the territory fight to make the map gold. And I accepted, I'm a soldier. I'm in the wars, I took your boon, and I fought with it. First off, very cool thing to have a niche where someone can just make, engage with the crafting system of the game. But this person wasn't engaging with the crafting system, the crafting and armor and uh, gathering and all this amazing stuff that's built into this game that other people will do a better job of explaining to you than I will. I'm not a how guy, I'm a why guy. And the why for this person, was to support the war effort. It's okay to play the game any way you want, is my point. You don't have to be in the wars like I was. You don't have to ride a broom in Quidditch. But involve yourself with the people. Don't forget about it. This is what I'm suggesting. Oh, and this other guy, I, I cannot remember this person's name. I think it's something like It's Mirak. For some reason, that has like a Skyrim kind of recollection, like tinged memory. This is a Syndicate uh, healer that I ran out into the world. When I was questing with Rizrak, I convinced Rizrak to flag up PvP with me because I always flag PvP because I want to run into deal and deal with people. And we just tried to gank him, and we couldn't. 2v1, we couldn't gank this guy. I was two levels higher. Rizrak was like four levels higher. We couldn't. <laughs> he was just invincible. He outhealed us both. After five minutes going back and forth, guys, like, do y'all want a truce? Because he wasn't killing us either. I'm like, all right. I threw my friend request. He's now someone I like seeing around the server. Rivalries can be a positive experience. It's just just like uh, alliances can be positive experiences. And the fact that Amazon Game Studios has created a game that in some ways structurally promote these human connections, these human frictions, to me is such a positive thing. And it's something I hear no other creator talking about. No one's talking about it. Everyone's like, oh, well, the, the drops are not more enough, or the quests are too boring, or, uh, you know, it's just not enough to do, not enough dungeons. People, if you're cutting yourself off from the steak of the steak restaurant, you're in the wrong place. The last person I'm going to call out is my best MMO buddy friend, Max Enchius. I can call him out for so many things, but here's what I'm going to choose. And he, he, me, by the way, it's reciprocal. Max likes to gank. It's one of his greatest delights in a game like this. And in some ways, this makes us compatible, because we both like to flag up. We were talking about open world PvP etiquette between the two of us. We were debating. I was arguing for not plus oneing. What is oneing? It's when two of you run into one of the other guys. How do you engage? I like to let Max try to take him out one by one. And I'll just watch. If Mac, if if the, the guy kills my, my friend, I give him a second to heal up, and then I try to take him out too. I engage with a sense of fair play. I don't like to press my advantage unless there's a really good reason to do it. And when we're just out doing stuff in the world, gathering, maybe doing a quest or two. The rest of the reason is not pressing enough to gank like that, two v one. So anyway, we were talking about this. Him giving his perspective on Red Is Dead, me giving my perspective on fair play. And what happened? Well, we found somebody and we put this into practice. I let him do his thing. They fought. I think my buddy won, if I remember right. But afterwards, the guy who fought us messaged Max and thanked him. He said, you know what? A lot of people are plus winning, and two of you winning. Thank you for letting us have a fair fight. He didn't thank me, the guy who abstained, probably because he didn't even see what my name was. He just saw I was a red guy floating around, not doing anything. But he thanked Max, the man who loves the plus one. Such delicious irony. I love that moment. It's important to know these things about ourselves. And if we let ourselves consider a moment why these behaviors emit from us, there's something to be learned there. At least I believe there is. Anyway, the last thing, the last little clutch of anecdotes I want to present are about the companies
1: of New World
0: and specifically a handful of the companies from my server, Phlegathon. First, I want to tell you about the IRS. No, 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 not the Internal Revenue Service. There is a company on Phlegathon called the IRS. Funny, right? What's notable about the IRS is that they were the first covenant company to capture territory. They say to claim on Monarch's Bluff, one of the starting zones, and um, they've reaped about 90,000 gold in tax revenue. You see, when you own territory, you set taxes. Players who own houses, and which confer a lot of perks, pay weekly taxes on those houses. People who use trading stations pay taxes on those transactions. People who trade at your trading post pay taxes on those transactions. Owning a settlement can be quite a profitable endeavor. And I heard a rumor, I don't know if this is true, that apparently the IRS had only reinvested about half of the nearly 100,000 gold they'd reaped in tax revenue back into the settlement. You keep doing you, IRS. I wouldn't have it any other way. But also, I might have it a different way. Speaking of a different way, another company on our server, on our realm, is called the Guiding Hand. Now, the Guiding Hand is also a gold covenant company. They're led by someone named Noxus. And they're the only covenant company to hold multiple territories, which is impressive they currently hold two, possibly three territories. Um, Noxus, the leader of the Guiding Hand, is kind of the de facto war leader on our faction. He's the most interested in territory fights, both assaults and defenses. He involves himself directly in planning and execution. He's right there on the front lines. He's in the thick of it. But he's something of an asshole (laughs) and a bit of a divisive figure. We had this all-hands company, uh, or not company, faction meeting about a week ago. Maybe about 10 days ago, where a bunch of people in the self, in the, self, uh, uh, in the uh, a Discord established for the purpose of communication among the Covenant on our server, came together to talk about how we should all work together and make decisions. And basically, everyone was like, oh, we should have like open, open things. Everyone should get a vote. And kind of this very like democratic flavor. And Noxus was just like, I hold territory, guys. I'm going to do what I want. I'm the governor. And you know what? My perspective is he's not wrong. He's just an asshole. But sometimes assholes can change the world, can't they? Now, the bit of juicy drama behind the guiding hand that I got to see at that all-hands meeting was afterwards, after the meeting, which had gone for like almost two hours, and Noxus left. His wife stayed. Her handle is Lilu Kanoko. I think that's what it is. And uh, she was in tears, explaining how Noxus isn't mean. He just can say mean things and that she would know better than anyone. Man, I would like to be a fly on the wall for the conversation the two of them had after that meeting. Could y'all imagine having your wife apologize for you and your behavior to a gaming community that you're trying to lead? Can you imagine? So, on a somewhat less controversial note, the green horde of Phlegathon are undeniably the sons of Sparta. So big that one company cannot contain them. There are two sons of Sparta, I suppose an elder and a younger but they all work together, and between the two of them, they hold three or four territories. The Marauders, the Green Horde, are the most populated faction on the realm of Phlegathon. They are the the juggernaut that we face. And every time we go to war with them, it's a bunch of high-level players, level 60 players, against a bunch of people who are still leveling up. It's quite ferocious, and it creates quite an interesting narrative internally. They are a fun faction to fight, although a tad faceless. Um, Another company is called Synonym, or I should say was called Synonym. (laughs) Synonym was one of the only syndicate companies, the purple faction, to hold territory on Phlegathon. But something went wrong. You see, they were in a war fighting over their territory. And it went badly. And in the middle of the war, in the middle of the war, the person who owned the discord for that company deleted it. The discord that the entire company was leaning on for communication and coordination just deleted it. The war fell apart. They were in shambles. They were sent running. They, lo- But the thing is, They still held territory after that. I don't know all the details. I might be wrong in some of this. And if I am, and if you know, please tell me. But it's so juicy, I just couldn't leave it out. And then eventually another contender decided to try to fight synonym for the hold they had left, the last territory they had. And the entire syndicate got together and said, fine, have it. They didn't fight over it. Really interesting. And why? because they wanted that company to fail so badly that rather than do what's the easiest thing to do, which is just to have random people enlist in support. If you're on the same faction, it doesn't matter if your company is, is the defending or attacking company. You can take part in any war that your color is involved in. But this company synonym was starved of personnel by their own faction to guarantee that the territory would flip from purple to something else. And now the syndicate on our server is just, I don't know. I still see purple wo- people with purple nameplates, but they hold no territory. I hope that changes. There's some wars coming up and I hope purple boys are successful in one of them. All of this, I suppose you could choose to see it as human gore. Like Agent Smith in The Matrix, you could see all this as just some kind of a, a terrible virus. But I don't. And in fact, a friend of mine, after that company, after that meeting, that city council meeting that we had, decided that we were going to try to make our own mark and create our own company. i had been watching some baseball lately, so we called it Strike Three. And we recruited our first member over the weekend. That's not us. Very exciting. I hope to recruit a couple more by the end of next week. <laughs> it's slow going when you aren't just inviting random people and even if you are it can be but we're trying to make our mark we decided that we're going to create a company around boomer values respecting other people's time clear communication and maybe a modicum of respect but we'll see we're going to give it a go we're entering making ourselves part of the human mosaic of phlegathon because that's what's good about new world All these people I just described to you. All these companies, all this drama. It reminds me a lot of the breathless stories you hear about EVE Online, doesn't it? The stories of factions winning and losing and wealth being generated and lost and terrible destruction and creation. But you know the truth about these people is? They don't give a fuck about quests. None of them feel burned out at level 30 because they're not they're not looking at levels they're playing for each other the point is actually the people and i would suggest you don't sleep on it that's why gamers are wrong about new world What do you think? Okay. This is a podcast, so let's have a little bit of structure. Uh, News and notes. I'll be honest. I've been very busy lately. I haven't really had time to partake in what's going on in the industry of people and games. because uh, I have been negotiating a, an offer for a new job, which I just accepted earlier this week. I'm going to start at the end of the month, and I'm very excited. Um, it's going to bring some change for me. I might not have less as much time to devote to content or gaming as I used to, but I think that might be okay. You know, sometimes a part of your life becomes so stagnant any almost any change would be preferable to continuing. And I've resi- I've resisted easy changes at multiple junctures in the last year and a half because I really wanted to be excited about the next thing. And I that thing finally came through, and I'm really happy about that. I feel very lucky. I'll still be I'll still be working from home, so no change there. It'll be my first time starting a new role working from home. And uh, this is a young, growing company where they had a small number of people working in an office before the pandemic, and now they have a much larger workforce that's predominantly remote. It's an exciting time and a fresh one. where We're all learning. I definitely know I'll be learning a lot. But anyway, that's been taking a lot of my time lately, and it will take a lot of my time over the next few weeks and months. But uh, fingers crossed, and yeah, onward and upward. Uh, I like to end these on Ascend. Ascend is a sort of personal story of awareness and perhaps inspiration when I can manage it. I don't have a lot to present here, but um, I will say that two of the things that have been going on in my life, um, in addition to everything else that was mentioned, is I've been dealing with some health issues that make it uncomfortable for me to do much in the way of strenuous exercise, which kind of sucks. Um, You know, I've talked before about having ADHD. And ADHD is a um, it's a lack of ability to, to direct your own actions and atten- and attention over time. One of the best ways to contend with ADHD is to find the things that buttress you, provide structure externally, things like schedules and lists, and also find ways to fill up your gas tank. So when you need to, to actually step on the gas, you can. Uh, good ways to fill up in the gas tank are things like eating well, getting lots of sleep, and, of course, exercising. Without exercise, things start to fall apart for me. So it's been tough um, reducing my exercise lately. But I'll figure it out, and I'll get back to it. This is a temporary thing. The reason I mention it is because I've also been thinking about people who annoy me in New World. You know, not every story I've run into has immediately delighted me, made me smile. There's been some frustration, some huffing some epithets uttered either under my breath or quite loudly to my buddy Max. But when I think about those people and reflect on what I've been dealing with, I tried to remind myself, as David Foster Wallace would say, that this is water. And we don't know what people are going through. Perhaps we can never truly know. And to prick myself into reminding myself to be aware of what I'm not aware of and uh, to cut people some slack because we all need it. And that's a good note to end this on today. This has been the Deeg podcast. I'll be back again next week for more content. I do have more interviews coming up. Stay tuned for that. Uh, Same Twitch place, same YouTube channel. Also, find me on Discord and Twitter and Patreon. Links will be below this, anywhere you find it. I love y'all, and I'll catch you next time. Good night.